Hello, hello. There it is. Good morning, MCA Church. Good to be here with you this morning. Thanks so much for uh, making your way out on this cold Sunday morning. My name is Steve, and uh, and uh, yeah, I direct Chi Alpha here in Anchorage. And uh, hopefully you guys had a good Christmas, a good New Year. Anybody else like me, you're still struggling with uh, writing 2019 on stuff? Usually it takes me till about August. Uh, and then in about August, then I finally understand that we actually came into a new year. I resist change uh, pretty fervently in my life, so that's just me. But uh, uh, we're going to jump into what we're talking about this morning. We're super excited about the Holy Spirit Conference coming up. And and uh, and the Holy Spirit Conference, for, for me, always marks the start of another semester of, of college ministry, which is pretty fun. Uh, quick update from campus. We have... We have uh, what looks like is going to be a right up between 40 to 45 uh, students and young adults that are going to be going through our leadership training uh, to become small group leaders and disciple makers on the campus of UAA uh, this semester. So that's pretty fun. Uh, and that's what's going on on, uh, on your campus and, and, uh, and through Chi Alpha. So uh, to start off this morning, I want to have uh, some audience participation. Is that okay? All right, very good. So I want uh, I want you guys to 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 share with the person sitting next to you uh, in like thirty seconds or less, so not like a big you know uh, explanation. If you could time travel to any period to hang out with someone, uh, so maybe a historical figure, whatever. If you could time travel to any period, uh, who would that be? When would you when would you go in time, and who would who would you hang out with? Go ahead. Really, you have to, you have to talk to your neighbor. It's okay. All right. All right. And if you're watching online, just, you know, just think to yourself. Okay. So we're going to come back together. Uh, how many, how many, by show of hands, how many had a good old, like, you're a, you're a good old Christian this morning and you picked some sort of Bible character. Anybody? All right. Well done, Teresa. Good job. I could always count on you. How many people picked a, how many picked a historical figure? All right. Very good. Okay. Uh, well, I want to, I want to, the reason I share that with you this morning, the reason I wanted to get us thinking about that this morning is because I think it would be pretty cool. There's a lot of people in history that I would love to meet, a lot of time periods I would love to go back to, uh, but I think it would be pretty cool to go back to the time when Jesus walked on earth, right? To like actually see what the disciples saw, to follow him around, even just for a day when he was performing the miracles described in the Bible, that'd be pretty awesome. And, uh, and we just, we just celebrated Christmas, uh, a couple weeks ago. And it would have been pretty cool to have been there, you know, sitting in the field with the shepherds when the angel showed up and announced the coming of, of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Messiah of the world, right? The coming of the Savior. It would have been pretty cool to be there with Joseph and Mary and, and, uh, been there when the wise men showed up, uh, into the, you know, into that whole entire scene. That would have been pretty awesome. But, the crazy thing is, is that we just got done celebrating a moment in history that changed the world, right? The coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we celebrated it for a good reason, right? I mean, there's no moment in history that changed the world more than that. 
However, Jesus says something really interesting in John chapter 16. He challenges us, he challenges his disciples to celebrate the fact that he's going. And it doesn't really make sense, right? Jesus, why would we celebrate the fact that you were leaving? You're the greatest thing that's ever happened to the world. Why would we celebrate the fact that you're going? Jesus gives us a reason as to why. In chapter 16, verse 5, he says this. Now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. And obviously, rightfully so, right? One of their best friends, their teacher, their rabbi is saying that he has to leave. But I tell you the truth. Listen to this. It is for your good. Everyone say good. good. It is for your good that I am going away. This is one of those like 180 things that Jesus pulls on you all the time, right? Like, what are you talking about here, Jesus? It, there's no way there could be something good that comes from you departing. Because we've been having quite a bit of fun watching you make, make blind people see, lame people walk, healing people, multiplying fish and loaves, walking on water, calming storms. It has been an exciting three years. And you're, about, you're telling me that it is good that you're leaving. Unless I go away... The counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. In other words, this counselor guy, whoever he's talking about here, is obviously a good person to know. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men who do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to be with the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, much more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you. Everyone say guide. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while you will see me no more and then after a little while you will see me. All right, so what is Jesus saying here? We just got done talking about the fact that the maker has made himself known. And what a beautiful thing it was to celebrate Christmas that that the maker has made himself known. But Jesus essentially says, listen guys, there is absolutely no way in three years you can even scratch the surface of understanding the the infinite Love, the infinite mercy, the infinite grace, the infinite compassion, the infinite power, the infinite joy, the infinite, the infinite glory, the infinite goodness that I contain because I am God. And therefore, in order for you to understand this, I'm sending you someone that we call the Holy Spirit to allow you to know me even better than what you know me by walking with me on earth. Isn't that awesome? Essentially, he's saying, listen, listen, you can know me in a finite way because I've been with you for a finite number of time. I have been, I have performed a finite number of miracles and I've given you a finite numbers of teachings. 
But in a little while, there's a counselor coming that is going to unleash and unpack the infinite nature of my character. And that's the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus essentially says the Holy Spirit, being with the Holy Spirit, is actually better than being with me. Now I want you to just think about that because a little while ago I had you ask your neighbor, who would you spend time with if you could go back and spend time with anybody in all of creation? And all of us, all of us probably, if someone said, here's a ticket to a time machine to go hang out with Jesus, all of us would jump on that like like nobody's business, right? Of course we would. But Jesus says, no, 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 listen, it's actually better for you to experience the fullness of my character through the Holy Spirit. That's good news for us. That means that we don't have to go back in time. We can know Jesus infinitely and intimately right now here in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's, here's here's the issue is that sometimes the Holy Spirit freaks us out a little bit, right? See, God is three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I can picture God the Father because, because we can, you know, a father is an earthly term. I can picture God the Son because we had the manger scene set up just a little bit ago, right? Or we've seen a picture of him or a painting of him hanging on a cross. I can picture that, but the Holy Spirit is much more difficult to picture. The Holy Spirit is much more difficult to define and much more difficult to put in a box. And if you are here this morning... And you say, man, I've been a little bit freaked out and scared of the Holy Spirit. My hope for you today is that by the end of today's message, you will have a hunger to experience this being that might be just a little bit hard to understand. Maybe you're here and you've been running from the Holy Spirit because every single time you get in the presence of God, he reveals something in your heart that makes you very uncomfortable. And you say, I don't want anything to do with that guy. My prayer for you is that you would run headlong into that experience, trusting in this infinite goodness. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, man, I I just, I'm kind of apathetic when it comes to the Holy Spirit because I didn't grow up in a church or in an environment that really talked about this a whole lot. What I want to challenge you to think about today is that you are missing out on what I would argue to be the greatest part of your walk with Jesus. And Jesus says that himself. My hope for you this morning is that you would grow in hunger, that you would grow in an excitement, and that the Holy Spirit would not be strange. The Holy Spirit would not be a stranger, but that you'd be introduced to him. And in order to maybe wrap our brains around him just a little bit this morning, I want to pick out five character traits from this passage and from a couple other places to, to help us get to know who this guy is. So that hopefully we can be comfortable stepping into relationship with them and buckle up because, because we're gonna, we're gonna buzz through these pretty quickly. And, uh, and, and, uh, next week during the Holy Spirit conference, uh, our teachers that are coming are gonna dig into a lot of these attributes, a lot of these characteristics in a way that, uh, that, I, that I'm not qualified to dig into and, and, and whatever. So it's gonna be so good. So hopefully this, this just gives you a hunger a little bit. So the first one I wanna talk about is that the Holy Spirit is our guide. In verse 12, it says in this passage that the Holy Spirit will guide us in all truth. Okay? And in John 14, Verse 26, if we back up a little bit in, in, this, in this book, we see in verse 26, Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. 
You see, we have in the Holy Spirit a great teacher. Not a boring teacher that like is sitting there just talking monotone, right? Uh, and, uh, and is like, oh my gosh, this again? No, we have an exciting, interactive teacher that knows your learning style, right? He knows your learning style. He knows what, how, how you think. He knows how you best learn, and he speaks to you in that way. So here's what's amazing about this. Because a teacher and someone to give us information, in today's information age, this doesn't really seem as valuable as what it probably did to the disciples during this time. When Jesus says this, that he will remind you of all of the things I told you about, think about how significant that was to the disciples. You see, the disciples did not have one of these things, all right? And they couldn't just be like, oh, hang on for just a second. I'm going to hit my dictation button can you say that again, Jesus, right? They, they didn't have a voice memo, okay? Jesus did not teach on PowerPoint slides, and, and you'd be like, oh, hang on, leave that back up there. Let me take a picture of that quick, right? We couldn't do that back then. So essentially, everything that Jesus was teaching them, they had to remember, which would have been pretty overwhelming, because time and time again throughout Scripture, they say, Jesus, whoa, time out. This is a hard teaching. And so he says, Listen, you're going to understand everything I taught you and you're going to remember every single thing I taught, taught you. Remember, they didn't even have a, something as simple as a ballpoint pen. And so they couldn't just be like writing down all this stuff as Jesus was teaching it. They, weren't, they didn't have journals and were taking notes during all of this stuff. And Jesus promises that there is someone coming that's going to help you with all of this. Essentially, you are going to have a Google database. That's pretty awesome, right? And in today's information age, we don't really think that that is as as great as what it actually is, but it really is great. Because the reality is, is that we have a God who wants to interact with us and wants to talk to us. And so we don't have to get our theology from Google. And if you've been getting your theology from Google, I would challenge you to start finding a different source, all right? Because Google will tell you whatever you want it to say, all right? Uh, and, uh, and, and, and it can become scary. See, the belief, the, the cool thing about the Holy Spirit is that literally anybody can interpret what the Bible says, right? As long as you use context clues within the text and contextual cultural, uh, contextual cultural things, you can kind of try to figure out, okay, this is about what this is saying. But see, what the Holy Spirit does is he takes it one step further for us because he's our guide and teacher. The Holy Spirit illuminates scripture, doesn't just interpret scripture, he illuminates scripture for us, which means that he takes scripture and he applies it to my life. See, this is the beautiful thing about the Bible is you can read the same passage year after year after year and it's going to speak to you in a different way for a different scenario and different situation because of the power of the illumination of the Holy Spirit's ability to illuminate areas of our lives that are in darkness or maybe we didn't even know we're there. But here's the problem is that sometimes through the truth, the guide tells us and illuminates things in our lives that don't feel very good, right? Which leads us to the second characteristic of the Holy Spirit, and that is that he is a revealer. Everyone say revealer. He's a revealer. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as a revealer or as a, the, as a convictor. He will convict the world of our sin, as it says in verse 8 of this passage that we just read. 
What does that mean? Essentially, it is God's way of saying, listen, you are walking down a road that is not God's best for you. There is something that is damaging God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. And so I'm going to guide you in a different direction. And it might not always feel good to receive that correction, but it is always coming from a good God. And we can trust that. Let me give you an example. This happens in our own lives biologically, right? Time and time again, you have your body signals things to you that could harm you in a lot of different means. For example, if you grab something that was very hot, let's just say you had a pan on your oven and you grabbed the handle and the handle was hot, what would happen? Your nerves would send signals in your hand to your brain and tell you, let go of that hot object, you are going to burn yourself. And it happens so immediately that it, we let go and we might have a little bit of a burn, but we don't have you know third degree burns and nasty mess all over the place, right? Which is a great thing. How many people are thankful for your nerves, right? I'm very thankful for my nerves. Thank you, God, for giving me nerves. That's great. Your spiritual self has the same system in place with the Holy Spirit. When you grab onto something that is not good, pleasing, and perfect to God, that God knows is going to cause damage for your spiritual life, he sends signals to you through the Holy Spirit to say, hey, let go of that. Don't go down that road. We've been here before and you know where this leads or maybe you haven't been here before but let me give you wisdom to help you avoid that consequence. But here's what's interesting about our lives is that a lot of times we don't listen to those nerve signals and we just hold on to the pan. And we, and we, and we, sometimes it causes us to scream, right? Ah! Right? And we're just like, why does this hurt so bad? Right? It's just like, oh... The Holy Spirit is not out to be a cosmic killjoy. He is trying to tell you, hey, I have something better for you. And he does that because of the third character trait. And we can trust his goodness because of a third character trait, which is that he is a counselor. The Bible says that he is our counselor. He is our comforter. What makes a good counselor a good counselor? What makes us trust someone's advice? Well, a good counselor is someone who is a good listener. They're slow to speak and slow to just tell you how to fix everything in your life, right? They're sympathetic. They can empathize with your weakness. They say, yeah, I understand you. I understand the struggle. See, the Holy Spirit is a counselor in that he's not just sitting back there and waiting to tell us that we're being stupid. The Holy Spirit is a counselor in that he gets to guide us and walk with us in truth. He understands what we're walking through and he says, I'm going for as long as you're battling with this, we're going to be with you hand in hand. And if you, even if you look at this passage, we, we see how comforting it is to these disciples who are obviously walking through something that is pretty, you know, pretty stressing in their life. They're about to lose a, a friend, a teacher, a rabbi, a hero. They're about to lose. And Jesus is comforting them by telling them about this comforter. I don't know where you're at in your life this morning, but I really felt this as I was preparing for this message, that there are going to be people in here who you have been looking for comfort for a very long time. And my challenge for you is when is the last time you have gone into the presence of God, you have brought that before the Lord and said, Lord, I need comfort in this area. 
to be real about the thing that you are struggling with. You say, God, I, I, I can't beat this, this thing in my life. I, I can't overcome the sorrow I feel because of this loss. I can't overcome the stress because of this going on in my life. I can't overcome the grief that, 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 this, that this family situation has caused me. When's the last time you've brought that to Jesus and said, Jesus, I, Holy Spirit, I need you to be the counselor that Jesus promised you would be in my life? We are all in need of a comforter, especially after what happened on November 30th, right? <laughs> Man, still, like, anybody else have, like, earthquake, uh, earthquake residual effects? A door slammed in a restaurant the other day that I was eating in, and, like, everybody was like, ah, right? They all did this. It was crazy. I mean, we, we're all pretty edgy. There's a million and a half things that we walk through in life that we need a comforter. And I'm very thankful for the comforter that I have had in my life through the Holy Spirit. And here's the beautiful thing about our counselor, is that, about, our, about our comforter, is that he isn't just going to sit there and, and listen. And he's not just going to offer advice, but he actually has power to do something about the problems that we face in our lives. That's what makes him so unique. That's what makes him better than any counselor that we could ever go to on this earth. Is that he has power to do something about it, which leads us to our fourth character trait is that he is our power source. The Bible refers to him as the spirit of power. Jesus himself even is so bold to proclaim that since he's going to be with the Father, that his disciples will have the opportunity to do even greater things than they saw him do. What a bold statement. Jesus, we saw you walk on water. We saw you heal blind people. We saw you call out Lazarus out of the grave. He had been dead for four days and he came alive again. We saw you cast demons out of people. And you're about to tell me that even greater things than these will happen because you are going to be with the Father and you're sending us this helper called the Holy Spirit? Yeah. What an incredible thing. And here's what I will tell you, is that if you've never experienced the power of God in your life, clear your schedule next week, please. Come to the Holy Spirit Conference, because these speakers are going to talk to us about this power. They're going to give us a chance to experience this power. We're going to have people readily be ready to pray for you and to, to rely on gifts of the Spirit to be spoken in and over you. It's, guys, power... Powerless Christianity, uh, you could argue, is not Christianity at all. God is excited about the fact that wherever the gospel is preached, he says signs and wonders will follow. And we live in a world today that needs to see the power of God. On a college campus, I tell our students this all the time. That a, a testimony of the power of God will beat an argument every time. I could be the best apologetics teacher in the entire world. And yet, someone could deny the fact that even this was actually the word of God. And then it's kind of all out the window, right? But when an atheist comes into one of our Chi Alpha meetings and has a word of knowledge spoken over him about something going on in his life and, and, a, and his knee gets healed, he can never deny the, the, the existence of some sort of being ever again. 
What if we became a body of believers that believe that what the Bible actually says? Ah, look out Anchorage, right? Look out Anchorage. And this, this is why I'm so excited about next week. And finally, the last thing is that the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Essentially, an advocate is just a person who argues for or supports the cause of something or someone. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 1, verse 22, it says this, He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. He set his seal of ownership on us. The Holy Spirit is God's way of saying, hey, listen, I, you, you, have been, you have been justified in Christ. You have been sanctified through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I approve you as, as a workman for my kingdom, which is a pretty bold statement to say. I have a friend, his name is Tyler, and uh, Tyler and I went to college together. Tyler became an architect and just, just finished all of his architecture licensing tests and, and is now a fully licensed architect. And every single time Tyler uh, examines architectural drawings, he needs to essentially put a, he has his own stamp now. An architecture stamp that is specifically designed only for him with his licensing number on it. And when he approves of drawings, essentially saying, this building will not fall over, right? Which is a pretty important thing, probably, all right? Uh, When he approves of that, that this meets code, he puts a stamp of approval on those drawing documents. Which makes him legally bound to the integrity of that building. Tyler just doesn't go around and start stamping papers, right? If I like drew a building on, on the back sheet of this paper, like check out my house, could you stamp this? He would not do that, right? Because that is a very precious thing and he's legally bound to that. The Holy Spirit is the same way. God would not just put a stamp of approval on absolutely anybody. He puts a stamp of approval on the people who have chosen to walk with Jesus by giving giving them the Holy Spirit, which tells me that if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come, as a seal of ownership on you. And so if you are here this morning and you've been questioning whether or not God is happy with you, you, you maybe have said, well, I know God loves me, but I don't know if God actually likes me. I don't know if God's actually proud of me. I don't know if God is pleased with me. I know Jesus died for my sins, but no, no, no. You have been sealed with ownership of your heavenly father, of your creator. He has approved you as worthy of service for his kingdom to do business in the father's name by giving you the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful thing it is. What a beautiful privilege that is. And when we flow in this spirit, When we flow in that power, we do our jobs as an ambassador of Christ that he has called us to do and and entrusted us to do. I want to close this morning with kind of my journey through all of this. You know, like I said at the beginning of of this message, everybody has a different experience with the Holy Spirit. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but, but maybe you can, you can find some relatability to me in, in my journey in this area. I grew up 
in, a, in a family that, that we went to church every single Sunday, but, but I didn't really understand what it meant to have a personal relationship with Christ. I, I knew a lot about God, but I didn't really, had never experienced God personally. And, uh, and I, I, I knew that the Holy Spirit existed, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that whole thing was part of my Christian vernacular. But the fact that the Holy Spirit would want to talk to Steve, want to interact with Steve, want to move through Steve was totally and completely foreign. I had no trouble believing all of the stories that were described in the Bible, but the fact that God could give me dreams or speak to me or move through me or that he could perform miracles today was completely and entirely foreign. And in fact, I would actually, I'd actually tell you that it was actually pretty uncomfortable for me. And I got saved. I, I came to know Jesus personally through a youth group. And that in that youth group, they really kind of, they, they didn't really ever talk about the Holy Spirit. In fact, they kind of shied away from it. And the reality was is that they couldn't put the Holy Spirit in a box and completely figure him out. So they kind of just, they kind of just kind of put the Holy Spirit box in the back corner of the room and said, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. He's good. He helps us, uh, but we're just not going to go there. And so I show up on the campus of North Dakota State. I, I, uh, I walk in. I got invited to this thing called Chi Alpha. I walk into the door and, I, and worship starts and I said, oh no, it's one of those hand-raising churches. You know what I'm talking about? All right? That uncomfortability level that's, oh, some of you are like, why would you be uncomfortable with that? That's all I've ever known, right? But for me, that was very weird. And, uh, and then, the, like, the, they put the words up on the screen, and then there would be, like, a gap in the song, and someone would be singing other words. And I was like, stick to the script, man. It's right up there. Why are you doing that, right? And these people were passionately in love with Jesus, obviously, and it, it overflowed in an expressive experience. And it was very uncomfortable. But there was something about this group of people. There was something about my experience that night that kept me coming back. There was a hunger that stirred up in me. And I'll never forget, in January of my freshman year, I decided to go to this Chi Alpha conference. And... Uh, uh, and we, it was a, little did I know that, uh, that this was like a Pentecostal charismatic conference. And I had never really heard God's voice before necessarily. And I was sitting down. I came in, I sat down and I felt like this impression on my heart that I, that there was going to be a call to come forward, an altar call that night. And that if, if that happened, I had to go up. And I was like, oh no, that's not going to happen. That's just me. I just made that up in my head. I don't need to do that. I don't need to go forward. And, uh, and unbeknownst to me, that was a pretty typical thing at Pentecostal conferences is that you ha- call people forward. And so when he called people forward, I was like, oh no, right? And I argued with God for a good five minutes. I was like, ah, I don't, don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And, and my heart started beating faster and faster. I was like, fine. And so I came up and, and, I, and I walked up to the front of the stage. I'd never really done this before. And I looked around and, uh, and everybody else was like closing their eyes. A few people were kneeling down. And so I thought, okay, I guess I'll kneel down. And so I knelt down on the floor and I cannot explain it to this day. I've never experienced the, the power and the presence of God in this way. But I literally was hit with a wave of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, the guide, the Holy Spirit guide, guided me and spoke to me in that moment and called me into ministry. 
The Holy Spirit revealer revealed in me that there was an unhealthy relationship that was in my life that either needed to significantly change or needed to be gone. In that moment, I received an overwhelming amount of conviction, but comfort and peace at the same time. And it was so overwhelming that the only thing my body and my mind knew to do was just to start weeping, but not sad tears, but tears of, 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 just of almost like an overwhelming sense of the presence of the Lord. And it was in that, that that a hunger stored up in me and the, the Holy Spirit, say, the, the, the Lord started to guide me and say, Steve, this doesn't just have to be now. This can be every day of your life. And four months later, I experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which will be talked about next week, which radically changed my life, broke my heart for lost people around me. And when I was, uh, when I was a junior, fast forward a couple years, I started reading through the book of Acts and I saw all these incredible things the disciples were doing. And I said, God, if, if you have promised that the, your followers can do this, then I want to experience this so that I can further advance your kingdom. And I came to Alaska and I had this really good idea. I was, I was coming up here for a summer long internship and I said to myself, what a great opportunity to, to branch out and, and, and ask God to use me in the spiritual gifts because, because if people think I'm, I'm weird or if they think I'm crazy, I'll never meet any of these people ever again anyways, right? And so, so, so I decided, let's, let's go for it. And it was in that summer, I will never forget, I experienced God miraculously and radically heal someone immediately right in front of my eyes. We laid hands on their neck and we literally felt bones shift in their neck and pop in their neck as things in their neck became back in right alignment and they came into the service that night not being able to even move their neck at all and they were skipping around the camp the rest of the night. It was awesome. It changed my life forever. I said, God, if you can do that here at Little Beaver, you can do that at at, you can do that on the campus of NDSU, and it is carried over to saying you can do that on the campus of UAA. And since that time, the guider, the, the teacher has guided me into what to do and is, has spoken to me personally, but also through other people, and has reminded me time and time again that my identity is not in what I do, but in who God says that I am and that he has guaranteed that as a deposit in the Holy Spirit as he's placed on my life. That has been my journey with the Holy Spirit. And the beautiful thing is, is because we serve an infinite God, that the Holy Spirit will continue to allow me to explore the infinite nature of the goodness of God's character until the day I die. And that gets me excited. It gets me excited to serve Jesus tomorrow, and it gets me excited to serve Jesus when I'm 100 years old. If you would stand with me in this place, I want to close by giving us a chance to respond. I don't know where you're at tonight, or this morning, excuse me. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you have, are one of those people who, who maybe you just, you have, you've had apathy of the Holy Spirit because you just don't know enough about him. Maybe you've been fearful. Maybe you have a misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been, you've been hurt by something in the past. 
of someone that said that something was from the Holy Spirit that maybe wasn't from the Holy Spirit. And because of that, you've thrown out this whole, this whole experiential Christianity. Maybe, maybe you're here and, and, and you've ran from the Holy Spirit because of conviction. But this morning, I want to challenge you. If you need a guide, you need wisdom, you need illumination, you need guidance, you need fresh revelation. If you're here this morning, you need comforter from your counselor. If you're here this morning, you need, you need, the, you need to go back to the revealer because the revealer revealed some things and you ran. Or maybe you're here this morning and you just say, man, Steve, that, that, the, the fact that God would set his seal of ownership on me, Holy Spirit, let me experience what that actually means, how much you love me, how much you care for me. Maybe that's for you this morning. Whatever it is, I want you to, to just bow your heads, focus on, on who God is, and, and focus on one of those things, a guide, a counselor, a revealer, the advocate, maybe the power source. You need a move of power in your life. And I'm just going to ask that as we pray that you would ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart to get to know him better in this area. Lord, I pray that you would come and that you would guide us in all truth. That you would reveal to us what it is that is your best plan for us. That we would not run away from conviction, but that we would trust your goodness and that we would trust your comfort because you are a good counselor. And Lord, I pray that if for those who need a move of power in their life, in their bodies, in their families, in their workplaces, in their friend circles, I pray that your power would be released, Lord God. And Lord, I pray for those individuals who need to know more intimately that you love them and approve of them. Holy Spirit, would you speak to them now about that?